but before we do that, you know, I was uh, uh, as a you know a native of Columbia, Kentucky. Now, uh, you know, I was told about this uh, website, uh, the Columbia Magazine, and it, you know, it's interesting to go there from time to time to read a lot about the history of. Uh, you know, of the, the, the area. And so one of the uh, stories that I was reading the other day was kind of very interesting. It, it talked about uh, this individual uh, who uh, took a trip for the first time from Burksville to Columbia. Now, Angela and I have traveled that path quite a bit because living in Cookville, you kind of go up that way uh, to get here. And so uh, we've spent a lot of time driving through those two towns. But, you know, the, these two cities are only separated by, by uh, 30 minutes or 27 miles. And in this story uh, that was published in 1930, this man by the name of H.C. Baker was recalling uh, his life uh, growing up. And so he said, and I'll read you the quote, he said that my first visit to the town of Columbia was in the month of August of 1852. And a trip to Columbia was a trip to be remembered. It was an event in my life. We left home at an early hour of the morning, my mother and aunt and myself. It was the day of horseback travel. Only two or three buggies, if even that many, were in the county. I rode on the horse behind my mother. It was a long ride and a tiresome ride, and most of the way after leaving Rennox Creek uh, was in the woods and over a road, and then there was very little used uh, land until we reached breeding. And then after leaving breeding until we were within four miles of Columbia, uh, we were continuously in the woods with only one house to be seen. And And then he goes on to say that the Sparksville County now uh, now cleared and cultivated was a dense forest of oaks and beech and poplar trees. And when we emerged from the woods, uh, we supposed we were near Columbia and we met three or four men and they told us it was four miles to Columbia. He said, four miles. Can I ever forget it? My legs went limp on the horse's side. Well, can you imagine traveling at a time when there was no GPSs, no maps, you know, some of us don't like traveling to places we've never been to. Uh, but, but, you know, eventually uh, there's always going to be that first time. I'm going to look at an account in Joshua chapter 3. I know our young ones who are doing the Bible Bowl uh, had studied this chapter here recently in Joshua chapter 3. And if you recall in chapter 1, you know, God gives Joshua this great pep talk because he's taking over from Moses and he's going to lead uh, the Israelites from this point forward. In chapter 2, they go into Jericho and they spy out the land and they meet uh, Rahab, uh, the harlot. But in chapter 3, Joshua, he's preparing the people of Israel to cross the Jordan River. And notice uh, what's recorded here in chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning. And he and all his sons of Israel set out from Shittim and came to the Jordan, and they lodged there before they crossed. And at the end of three days, the officers went through the midst of the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God with the Levitical priests carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Verse 4, However, there shall be between you and it a distance of about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it. That you may know the way by which you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. See, as Joshua tells the people, informs the people, you're going to follow the Ark of the Covenant and the priests. And this is how you will know which way to go. Uh, Since you've never been this way before, right? You don't have a GPS. You don't have a map. So you need to follow the Ark and the priests. And as we finish that chapter, the, the priests... Uh, They get to the edge of the Jordan River, they put their feet in it, and God miraculously cuts off 
the, the water flow and the people are able to pass through. And this is even more uh, interesting because this is during the flood season, we're told. And we think about when was the last time that that ground had been walked on, had been trotted upon? Uh, probably never. Uh, probably never. You know, to the Israelite people, the Ark of the Covenant, it represented God. And, and they weren't supposed to come near it or even to touch it, you know, because it was a thing of reverence for them. And they, again, they were told to put 2,000 cubits of space between them and the Ark. Uh, this comes out to be about 3,000 feet or a half a mile. But the ark, of course, no longer exists today. And that's probably a good thing because people would want to worship it like they did in the Old Testament. But that still doesn't mean that we uh, should not follow God, uh, if you will, because we're still asked to follow God in this life. We're still asked to follow him even in untrodden ground. Notice a few scriptures here in the New Testament. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Uh, He who follows me will not walk in the darkness but we'll have the light of life. And as Christians, we have to decide, are we going to walk in the light or are we going to walk in the darkness? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 38, and he who does not take his cross and follow after me, he's not worthy of me. Again, as Christians, we have to decide, are we going to be obedient uh, to Jesus or disobedient? In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, Peter says, For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. Again, as a Christian, are we going to suffer or are we going to not suffer and to shy away from those things? Again, being a Christian means that sometimes we're going to have to travel on that untrodden ground, on that path that... Uh, that maybe hasn't been traveled in quite a while, but we're going to follow God when we do that. Uh, listen to, as we close uh, this thought here tonight, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I know you're very familiar with the, these passages that Jesus quoted uh, on the Sermon on the Mount where he said, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Are we on that narrow path? Are, are we walking uh, th- that untrodden ground? Will you choose to take the path that everyone is following, the popular choice or, or the, the untrodden path? That, that path uh, that's following God, just like the Israelites did uh, here in Joshua chapter 3. And when, when they had the, the faith to follow him, uh, even uh, when they first got to that river, not knowing that he was going to miraculously uh, to stop the water flow. Uh, this river would have been maybe 100 feet wide, even up to 10 feet deep. And they didn't know how to get across that river until God miraculously uh, stopped the flow of water for them. Again, are we going to be willing to take that path and follow God uh, and to uh, increase our faith by doing that? This evening, as we uh, offer the invitation, extend the invitation, if there's anyone here this, this evening who has not been baptized into Christ, why, why delay? Uh, the, the Bible says that when we hear the word of God and believe that Jesus is the Son of God, uh, that we are to repent of our sins and confess him as Lord and be baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. Or maybe you're here this, this evening and you are a Christian, but maybe you're struggling. Maybe, maybe you're taking that, 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 that path that uh, maybe is a popular path and maybe you're not following a God as well as you should be in this life. 
Again, we would love the opportunity to pray for you, to study for you, with you, uh, whatever we can do to help you in your walk as a Christian. Again, um, we, we'd like you to make that known now uh, as we together we stand and sing this song of invitation.